Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at Patreon.com slash FalloutLoreCast. Robots Radio presents The Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. A place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fallout Lorecast for a special edition. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm talking a little bit quiet because I'm recording this in the middle of the night. Uh, try not to wake anybody up. Um, <laughs> this episode is going to be a little bit different than usual. I just wanted to put out a quick episode. I had this really fun conversation with my daughter after picking her up from college uh, for the weekend. And as we were driving in the car, I thought, you know what? I should just go ahead and record this. So uh, warning, the sound quality is not up to par from what I normally do for the episodes, but... The conversation's a lot of fun, and I wanted to just kind of throw this out there as just an extra episode. This is not going to replace the regular weekly episode. You guys will still get the regular content this week, but I thought this would be fun to put out for for the weekend, for a fun holiday weekend. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and as always, uh, you guys know how to get a hold of me if you have any questions or thoughts, and there's no extended part after the interview. Um, We'll do that during the regular episode this week. So enjoy the interview, and I will talk to you guys later. See ya. see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. So, I'm here with my daughter, Lainey. Hello. And Lainey, you have to talk loud because we're in the car. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, 
think, yeah, it's recording. Look, you're recording there and I'm recording there. We're like stereo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, we're having a conversation because you guys hear me talk all the time about my perspective of Fallout and the lore and stuff going on. But I thought it would be fun to bring somebody else in. Um, believe it or not, I have a uh, very uh, old daughter. <laughs> a very old daughter. Lenny, how old are you? Old. It's very old. It's going on 20? Do you turn 20 no. this summer? No, 19. You turned 19. Not 20. I was like, what? No, you're not 20. 19. You can tell I'm a good dad. I remember numbers really well. Yeah, well, you know what? Like you're you were at the end of your school year, so a lot of your your generation, a lot of your friends from the same school same year are a year older. Yes. So it always it's it, like when I was at your point in school, I was uh, older. So, well, about to be older. Anyway, my birthday's next month. Anyway, so um, so <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to get so I here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give our audience your perspective on on these games because I know you love the Bethesda games too. You love Fallout and Elder Scrolls, and in fact, we were just talking a few minutes ago about how you jumped back into Skyrim to play the Dark Brotherhood quest line, and I think all of this comes down to. Um, a point where you were what, like seven years old? Yeah. And maybe younger. Okay, so what? what I think younger. So, what, so t- tell the audience about this. I, well, I mean, I don't remember it. I just remember the, the story. Um, you were playing Oblivion, and you were a Khajiit, and I wanted to watch you play, and. Uh, it was too scary for little Lainey. <laughs> and so in order to make up for all the scary parts of Oblivion that I saw, which probably wasn't much at all. He anyway. didn't seem much. You yeah, watched me play sure for like a total of like 10 minutes, years. like once or twice. <laughs> but you kept referring to your Khajiit as the Ninja Kitty, <laughs> huh? which started a fascination in me <laughs> about this game where you played as a ninja kitty that snuck around and did whatever I guess I thought you did in that game. <laughs> I had no concept of what it was at all. Yeah, you were you were very curious. I remember sitting at my computer and you kind of coming up and like peeking at the screen and being like, what's that? I remember a mud crab. I remember that there was a mud crab okay. at some point <laughs> in watching you play. Huh. Yeah. All right. Interesting. So, so that was your introduction into like Bethesda games as, in general. But then, as you got older, and it became more appropriate for you to play the games yourself, do you have a memory of like the first time you got into a Fallout game? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I went in with very little information. Um, you were just like, you might enjoy this. <laughs> Here you go. I think you like it. <laughs> go. And then I remember um, your stepmom saying, you let you let Lainey play that game? That game has bad words in it. And I remember <laughs> saying, she does go to uh, public school, you know. <laughs> and then I remember, I, th- I think I went to you and I was like, Lainey, uh, there's some bad language in here. That's not going to be a problem, right? Because, you know, movies and public school. And, she, and you were like... Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, it was never an issue. Um, yeah, I remember, I don't know, because I 
played Fallout 3 first, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. And that one starts when you're in the vault and you're a kid, right? Yes. And then, like, you pick your special, like, attributes in the little book. Yep. Yeah, yep. I remember that. I don't know. I remember not knowing what to pick because I didn't know what any of it meant or what it did. I had no experience with any game like that at all. So, I don't know. I remember that. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> other than being a little kid in a vault, uh, what else do you remember about Fallout 3? Which I, well, well, I played Fallout 3 for like a million years. I forgot that there was a main quest line. I was so wrapped up in like the world and all of the side quests and blowing up Megaton <laughs> that I completely forgot that there was a main quest line. And I played Fallout 3 for like a couple years and then finally remembered that I never beat it <laughs> and then went back and finished it because I just never did it. Right, right. Now, um, what was your play style? Uh... What kind of character did you make? Did you roleplay it? Did you prefer certain types of weapons? Power armor, sneaking? I remember I tried using lots of like laser weapons. Um, I don't remember if that worked out well for me or not. Uh, but I, I remember also like at that time, I, <laughs> I always play games very stealthily. And I think that stems from me being terrified of like combat. <laughs> and so <laughs> I can't imagine that I played the game very like, I don't know, like I can't, I'm pretty sure that it took at least a year of playing Fallout 3 for me to actually, like, engage some super mutants in battle on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like I remember it being very difficult for you very early on. Yeah. And um, when you came back to it and continued playing it, I think I was a little bit surprised. <laughs> because, yeah, I think there's this, like, dilemma. I feel like you had this dilemma of, like, I really want to like this. The characters are cool. I want to see what happens, but I don't want to run into those monsters. Yeah. <laughs> like it was that kind of thing. That's what I am with every game. <laughs> That's how I used to be. Like if the monsters weren't there and you could just walk around and talk to everybody, it would be like the perfect game. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Except that um, you often also enjoy the dark quality of sneaking up on people and killing them. That's or stealing their stuff. Different somehow because it's not scary. Right. <laughs> you're you're, you're the monster in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it better. Right, right. So do you have any um any memories of characters or situations that really stand out from Fallout 3? Or for example, running to the super mutants or talking with ghouls that weren't threatening. How did so, how did that stuff feel? Yeah, um, I mean, super mutants are big and scary. Uh, still are. <laughs> um, my only experience talking to ghouls in Fallout 3 that weren't, like, just completely feral was the lady in the shop in Megaton after you blow it up, if you blow it up. Mm -hmm. And she walks right. out and she's so, all messed up. So there's another ghoul that lives in Megaton before you blow it up. You didn't even have conversations I, with him. Do you remember him? <laughs> He worked at the inn, I believe. He was uh, the guy yeah. at, the, at the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. That was it. That, like, I don't know. Huh. I didn't really think much of that, though. Like, somehow that was not that well, creepy. The other one became a quest giver. Right. So you had to return to her and yeah. talk to her more often. 
Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So I don't, like, I, don't, I think I just spent a lot of Fallout 3, I mean, it was one of the games that kind of taught me how to play games. Like, it was early enough in my life and, like, in the life, like, in the timeline of me playing games that... I didn't understand quite so much what was going on within the game as, like, I was figuring out the mechanics of it. Um, right. So it was fun, and I had fun playing it, but I definitely, like, was not playing... I didn't know what to think about. Like, now when I play games, I'm much more aware of, like, the things that are in them. But, I mean, I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like that's a wonderful situation to be in because you can't ever go back yeah. to, like, oh, I didn't understand what was going on, but I was trying to piece it together. So do you have a, a sense of what you pieced together about the world at that point? Um, I knew that it was America. I knew it was dystopian. I knew that it was, like, there was some weird government thing happening because of the enclave and I knew that um, what else I knew that like the stuff about the cold war the not being a cold war and then like that I understood the timeline um, but I don't I don't know I didn't like I didn't really catch on to the different experimental vaults for a long time. Um, I didn't really understand what was happening with all of that uh, until I think you pointed it out for me. And then I went looking for more information on that because I think I just hadn't even considered that there could be anything happening there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so New Vegas was next. I played New Vegas, but only a little bit. I didn't play a lot. I, um... I don't know. It scared me in like a new way. It was um, both are dark, but it was gruffer. Yeah, it was more dangerous. I feel like, oh, yeah. like the, the world was more dangerous because it's it didn't. It's 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 weirder. It's, it's funnier. Really it's it's funny. it's almost just more. Uh, there's just more levels of contrast in general. Yeah. Um, it just everything stands out a little bit more. But even at the beginning of the game, there are certain places you couldn't go, or you were gonna get like killed by death claws. Yeah. And the opening of Fallout Three is isn't really like that. Yeah, no, Fallout 3 isn't just outright, like, scary. I remember I remember being intimidated going to the, what is the grocery in Fallout? The, the Supermart? Yeah, I think it's just called Supermart, yeah. So just the Supermart? So I remember, like, beginning of Fallout 3, going to the Supermart and realizing that ghouls were a thing and not really knowing how to deal with that. And then, of course, like, you get over that as time goes on because you get used to encountering that sort of situation but playing new vegas i don't know if it's because i like took a break from from the fallout world or what but when i encountered ghouls again just in general like it really creeped me out in a new way um i'm not sure why and i think that's that's really why i stopped playing it was because i didn't want to have to deal with too, that too creepy I got too creeped out. and that's funny because it that was recent. Like, it's not super recent, but it was within the last couple of years that I tried playing New Vegas and actually playing it and huh. just gave up. <laughs> huh. yeah. Okay. All right. So then there's Fallout 4. Which I played, yeah. All so you played all the way through that. Now, how did you feel in regards to the other Fallouts compared to Fallout 4? Actually, most of your experience at that point was Fallout 3. So how did, how did that compare? Um... 
I mean, Fallout 3 definitely has, like, a more nostalgic place in my heart. Um, but I think I was a lot more prepared going into Fallout 4, and that made me appreciate it a lot more. Um, and at that point, I definitely understood more about what was happening with uh, all the different, like, factions and all that stuff made more sense, and I had a lot more context at that point. So compared to going to Fallout 3 where I knew nothing, to then going into Fallout 4 where I had a lot more information and, like, went into it just in general more ready for everything that could have come at me. Uh, that seemed easier. Although, I really had never fought a Deathclaw before then. And when you go to the museum or whatever and fought for and, like, deal with all of that, I don't know. I think that was a big, like, point in gaming for me was overcoming that. And then I was like, oh, I don't have to be terrified of everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because you're kind of stuck in that museum. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so how did you feel about the way the story progressed and like the dialogue not being as flexible and things like did that? Did that matter to you as much or? I liked, um, I liked the dialogue in Fallout 4. I liked that you could, I don't know. I liked that your character speaks. That was new. It was like, right. it was like the way, I don't know. That was new and interesting. Well, you also played, uh, the, the lady vault dweller yeah, I was... and uh, typically most people um, consider her to be the better voice actor of the two. Is that true? Yeah. So um, you probably got the, what is generally considered to be the better experience of the two. Although I, I, I didn't have any problems with the guy's voice. I thought he did a fine job. So, yeah. but that's kind of the general consensus as far as I understand it. Um, I wouldn't know to compare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he only played one character. Now, what I find most interesting about Fallout 4 is the way you completed the storyline and how you came to your decisions at the end. Like, do you remember who you uh, sided oh, with at the I, end? Um, I, what is, what was the name of the, the big science you guys? The Institute. So I, like, don't necessarily agree with what the Institute was doing. Um, on, on what level? Like, what don't you agree with? Because like, they have I, they had the synths. They most of the synths were basically slaves to them. Right. So I think that if they're creating these like android or like robotic, whatever, self-aware robot, self-aware. If you're creating this AI, like you can't just expect it to be your slave. Like that just doesn't work. Um, at least you shouldn't. Like I, I morally disagree with that. But I did side with the Institute. I think maybe because of your son. Because <laughs> your son ends up there. I don't know if that's a spoiler. But, well, um, it's, this is the lore cast, so right. kind of like anybody who's <laughs> listening to a lore podcast, assuming that they're not going to learn spoilers, is, I don't know. That's yeah. a little bit right. so, off. I don't know if it was because that like pulled at my heartstrings, or if I just thought... like what the Institute was doing was really cool because I, I did like it. I liked exploring the Institute. I didn't want to lose the ability to go to the Institute. Yeah, wasn't there some level of you felt like even if they weren't doing things that was 100% you were behind, they had the most capacity to actually make the world better? Yeah, Something like the, that. yeah and I also, I mean, <laughs> this was just my justification, but what happens if you follow that path is that you become in charge of the Institute to 
like my reasoning is if I am in charge of the Institute, now the Institute will do something that is more morally aligned with what I believe in, you know? So even though that isn't a thing that happens in the game, I didn't feel bad about taking that over. Like if anyone was going to take over the Institute, I guess I'm glad it was me, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause your options are like, destroy it, destroy it and free, free as many slaves as you can or take it over. I think that, and there might be other options that I'm not aware of, but I, I feel like that, that is really what it comes down to. If you're, if you side with the railroad, then you might save some of, of the sins, but you end up blowing the place up. I liked the railroad people. Like they have, they have. I hated that I had to kill them. Right. Um, that made me really sad because I wish that they could have stuck around because I also liked them. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I don't know. In, in that world, like if you were to completely destroy the Institute, that's where all the research is happening in this like area. That's where all the science is. Everyone there is working towards various goals about like navigating the world that they're living in now and if you were to just destroy that that feels like a really bad option because there was nothing else like that in the wasteland Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, I also like the way you just said wasteland. I know. Like it's like, like it's turning into a name of a place. <laughs> like we don't call it Maryland, we call it Maryland. <laughs> and we now live in the wasteland. <laughs> I think that's going to have to be a thing from now on. Okay. <laughs> no, but that's that's how language works. The more you say things, the more the emphasis shifts yeah. onto the first word as opposed to the second word. So like early on, um, I remember being younger and uh, adults called Taco Bell they called it Taco Bell. And as it became more established as an actual place and just a regular combination of words, it becomes Taco Bell. Right. You can actually, this is stuff I've learned from a language podcast, but this is something that happens. Yeah. Like star Wars is no, it's not star Wars. It's star Wars. Yeah. It's just the way we handle language as things become more comfortable. But anyway, side note. So, um, so now, you have had a little bit of experience with Fallout 76, but not a whole lot. Yeah, not a ton. So, do you have any perspective on that yet? Um, 
I I had fun playing it. I played it with you, and that was enjoyable. So I think my takeaway was that if you're playing it with the right people, it's fun. And I think it can be fun even if you're playing it just exclusively by yourself. Um, it feels really sad and empty because there's no like no other people with no NPCs in it, really. So that's eh. right. um, I don't know. I mean, I went in having already heard a lot of the backlash surrounding it, and just I don't know. Everyone that I talked to really really trashed it <laughs> and then i played it and i was like oh no this like i don't know this feels like fallout 4.5 yeah without was, other people running around right and so it's still it was still fun it just wasn't the same but i think that's you know that's the risk you take with not doing something less than the same <laughs> that there's gonna be things that people like and things that people don't like that's it right <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So cool. That was fun little path down memory lane. Um, so to kind of wrap it up, is there, is there like a, a thing in the lore, something story wise, a specific situation, something that you remember experiencing that really, really stands out in your mind that resonates with you? Something that makes you, I don't know, something that really defines your love of the series and an example of why you come back to it all the time? Uh, I think there's two things. That there's only room for one, Lainey. Oh, man. No, okay, go, go ahead with that. <laughs> I think that... And I think they're both from Fallout 3. Because um, in Fallout 3 is the one where you, you're looking for your dad. I remember, like, he sacrifices himself and that in the storyline because I had already played the spoilers <laughs> I had already played the game for so long at that point without doing the main storyline oh right 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 yeah because <laughs> so, that in the main storyline that's actually fairly early right so that's just really goes to show like how far away from the main storyline I went <laughs> because I forgot it existed um and then I went and finally did it but I just you know that really surprised me and like was really sad <laughs> because you I don't know you go looking for him and then he just dies <laughs> and then I was like man that sucks so I don't know that stuck with me and that I think just you know things that make you feel lots of he was still alive as long as I never found him <laughs> yeah it's all my fault <laughs> it was all my fault <laughs> um but yeah so I mean things that you care about emotionally stick with you and so I think I, I liked that but I also um realizing that unless I'm just wrong <laughs> I don't remember this right but that Vault-Tec um one of the experiments was the super mutants right they uh, it wasn't Vault-Tec but what? yes the super mutants are the result of experiments, result of experiments. Yeah. Um, so West-Tec yeah and that was something that comes about in the earlier follow games that you never played. You would have been non-existent or probably too young, even if you played them later. Um, but what, so what about the super mutants and them being experienced? I don't know. I think that was another thing that just made me realize how much deeper everything went. I don't know. I didn't realize how dense the story was. I didn't realize how much it was going on. And then, I don't know. That's one of the first things that really made me think, like, oh, like, there 
there's more layers here. And then that stuck with me. Like, I forgot that I forgot about it. And then playing Fallout 4, I think I was running through the Institute and there's all these like extra rooms and stuff that you can sneak into. And some of them are really, really hard to get into. But I remember stumbling upon a room where there were super mutants, like in like, um, big glass containers with all the liquid and stuff. Yeah. And it reminded me and I was like, Oh, (laughs) people, people are doing tests on things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, interesting stories about experimentation and, and the kinds of things that, happen to humans when you know yeah. when you mess with their genetics and give them viruses which can affect their evolution all this kind of stuff so i also just really love sci-fi in general i also really like so i like fallout more than the elder scrolls games i really like the elder scrolls games a lot like i love i love the dark brotherhood I'm like all about it but so like if fallout's like a 10 then elder scrolls is like a nine right yeah um but i like fallout better because i'm i think i'm just because it's a world that feels like the one that I live in, it feels familiar and that like anchors me somehow during all of it. Cause like Skyrim still just feels like this fantasy world. So it's even, even though it's like vaguely medieval and I know that that's how the world was minus like dragons, dragon magic. magic yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can't relate to it as much, but with fallout, like that, you know, that's that's our world. <laughs> yeah, well, it even has remnants of our world in it. Right. Like, it, oh, it very clearly I breaks from the timeline. Loved. I just remember this. <laughs> I oh, loved Fallout 4 because I went to all those places. Right. Like, you visited Boston. All around. No, even just around it. Like, I've been, I w- there was tons of places in um, just all around the map that, like, very specifically I had been to and recognized. <laughs> it was crazy. I love it. It's so cool. And like names of things. I was like, oh, like I, ah, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to a place. I've been to a place. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to make like Fallout Florida anytime soon. Although there's a, there's a mod that's like no. Fallout Miami. <laughs> I feel we, like we don't live in Miami. Florida no. is already too like messy. <laughs> it's, 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 somebody said the other day, it's the Australia of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's just because of alligators. But, you know, it's the one place in the United States where the animals try to kill you still. There's I don't no dingoes. know. No dingoes. Not as many poisonous snakes. The spiders can get big, but not as big. Yeah. The people are the real threat. The people. The, the, Florida, Florida man. Florida man and all of Florida man's cousins. And he's got a large family. Florida man's cousins. Yeah. He's a real threat. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Lainey, for joining me and for... Uh, making this ride go uh, faster. (laughs) Uh, I'm picking her up from uh, college to visit for the holiday weekend. So that's what we're doing. And well, that was great. Well, thanks. And um, to our, our uh, listeners, to our vault dwellers and waste wastelanders out there, make sure that you uh, take care in the Florida wasteland or maybe Florida man will get you. Dun, dun, dun. All right, see you guys. Florida man is a cryptid now. Florida man is a cryptid. Let's just in. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at 
falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park